Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I am a part of Gestalt IT, and each episode, we bring you some of the perspectives and thoughts from luminaries in the IT industry. I'd like to take a moment for each of those guests today to introduce themselves before we get into the premise for today's episode, starting with Jordan. Yeah, uh, I'm Jordan Martin at BC Jordan on Twitter, uh, and you can find me if you're looking to find me at networkcollective.com. Yeah, my name's Taryn Bryson. My uh, Twitter handle's at some clown, and uh, you can find me uh, at uh, packet blog.packetq.com or at any number of uh, tech sites, I suppose, where I've written words. My name is Kevin Myers. I'm a network architect with IP Architects, which is an independent consulting firm. My uh, Twitter handle is at StubArea51. Uh, and you can also find me on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, John Herbert and Mr. Tugs on, uh, on Twitter, wherever it is. You'll find me somewhere. I'm Nick Braulio. I blog at forwardingplane.net. You can find me there on Twitter at forwardingplane or um, modem.show or any of the other normal places, LinkedIn, such. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. Let's jump into the premise for today's episode. No doubt by now you know what SD-WAN is. It has been a huge driver of branch connectivity for the past several years. It has changed the way that we look at connecting sites together. You also probably have heard about SASE, which is an extension of SD-WAN that leverages things like uh, security in the cloud and micro-segmentation of workloads. But what's really driving this adoption? It can't just be connecting branch sites together because for the last year, as of the recording of this podcast, our branch has been our house. And so we've seen SASE and SD-WAN really take off. And I don't think it's just because we're all sitting at home. So the premise for today's episode is that multi-cloud is the true driver of SASE and SD-WAN adoption. So I'm gonna open the floor up to Jordan because uh, when we mentioned this as the premise of today's episode, I think he kind of shivered a little bit and uh, I, I wanna give him a chance to kind of jump in here because you do a lot with SD-WAN in your uh, practitioner role. And uh, do you see that multi-cloud is really driving adoption of these new technologies? Uh, I think it's part of the story. So I think that there's, it's kind of a, there's two factors I think that are changing the way that we look at connectivity in the enterprise right now. And one is definitely multi-cloud. So I agree with that. And it's not just multi-cloud. I would put it broadly, it's just cloud. So when we talk about multi-cloud, we're talking about, you know, having infrastructure service workloads in multiple clouds, but we're also talking about SaaS and our applications getting driven to SaaS applications and needing to get to those. So that's definitely one of the focuses or one of the drivers. The other side is exactly what you mentioned, Tom, and that is it's no longer all of our traffic is coming from the branch. We already were headed in this direction where the remote workforce was playing a bigger role. And then COVID just accelerated that like, like crazy. And so now we, we not only have seen our data and our applications move, we've also seen our users and our devices move. And it just requires a new way of thinking about how to connect things. And that's where SD-WAN and, and specifically SASE is now playing a bigger role. Yeah, I would say that SASE is kind of solving some of the problems that we had because in the old days, just SD-WAN, vanilla plain SD-WAN, we trusted our branch locations. We pulled up a tunnel between the two of them. We knew the traffic was likely gonna be going back and forth between them unless we had some kind of a DIA circuit 
where we would drop off local traffic that we didn't really care about. But when your users are out in the wild, wild west, whether it's a Starbucks or in front of their Kerrig, um, we don't necessarily trust them. And specifically, you know, we need to be able to identify certain traffic flows so that when the kids fire up uh, the latest show on Disney Plus while you're in the middle of a Zoom or WebEx meeting, that you don't crater their bandwidth. And that's one of the things that SASE provides. But getting back to the cloud discussion, I mean, SD-WAN really doesn't have a whole lot of value if you're just in one cloud, right? I mean, if we're just sending all of our traffic to Amazon or Microsoft, then what good is it? I'll just get a whole bunch of big routers and, and, and be done with it. Is, is there a real advantage to, to having an SD-WAN deployment when I'm uh, working with a singular cloud or maybe even just one or two providers? I think there's, you know, my opinion, there's less value, uh, you know, but you're still, you're still abstracting away, you know, your, your carrier, you know, in this case, you're, you know, able to use the backbone of, of, you know, provider as opposed to, you know, being locked into one cloud or whatever. But if you're, if you're only using a singular cloud, I'd say the value is less. I think it's a, it's a bit of a complicated question. <laughs> so, so when I look at that, I, the, the concepts that come from SD-WAN and, and other software-defined networking concepts, uh, overlays and, and, and tunnels and, and gateways and, and orchestrated network, all of that is still relevant. And it's relevant when you talk about cloud connectivity as well. So it really comes down to each organization and how they're choosing to connect to the cloud and what requirements they have. So one of the ways to connect to cloud is by extending SD-WAN into the cloud. That's one way to do it. Some people will, will leverage a big fabric network like uh, Equinix or Megaport or whatever, I mean, fill in the blank about which vendor you use and choose to terminate their SD-WAN adjacent to the cloud and then leverage some of those resources to get into the cloud. Both of those are completely viable ways to do it. Um, it just really depends on, on what your end goal and target is and how heavily you're using the cloud, how much data is going there, what type of circuits do you need into there, and and whether or not the SD-WAN uh, solution is going to be able to provide uh, all of the features that you need. So I have a slightly, I have a different take on this. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, they're all interrelated, but my view is that the consumption model is driving what's what's what driving here. So we had the, the beauty of cloud, multi-cloud or whatever, is the ability to abstract the infrastructure, to not have to deal with racking and stacking my own servers, not having to network them, not having to do any of that, just walking in and being able to spool up experiments, workloads on demand, tear them down if I mucked up, right? And then, you know, and then move on to the next thing. I think those consumption models are start, you're, we're seeing those start to leak out into the, in, into the, into SD-WAN. So SD-WAN originally is about centralized control. It's a good thing, right? That's a cloud property. But what was missing from SD-WAN was that elastic nature, that ability to, the customer's still mostly managing infrastructure in SD-WAN. We're deploying routers, aggregation routers, things like that. The next bastion to fall is that. So we're going to see that the cloud-like consumption model for SD-WAN comes into play. So I'm managing less actual physical hardware and software infrastructure, more of that's occurring in the cloud, and I'm just basically consuming that like a service. So I can expand it when I need to. If more of my uh, employees are working on-site or off-site, I can change, I can uh, you know uh, expand the edge capacity, I can add more capacity, I can tear down capacity, I can add a new edge somewhere you know, in the world where I might need it uh, for a particular period of time without having you know to roll trucks with you know with with aggregation gear out to a site. This is to me what's driving you know uh, at least 
the cloudification of SD-WAN that I see. So it's 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 this consumption model change that's happening. So and it's been accelerated by what's going on with COVID as well. And I think the, you know similar things apply on the SASE side because of that. So Stephen, let me ask you that question about that because it's one of the things that has kind of puzzled me. So we talk about the fact that cloud is very elastic because we have you know, racks and racks and racks of servers and storage and all kinds of things that are just waiting out there to be consumed. And because those facilities that contain those infrastructure pieces have a very significant amount of bandwidth coming in, it's very easy for us to say that cloud does have elastic bandwidth. But a site doesn't because I can only have so many circuits going in there. Maybe I have some kind of circuit diversity where I have, you know, a traditional broadband, maybe a 4G LTE backup that can be used for offload and things like that, but I'm eventually going to hit a ceiling. So my sites aren't necessarily elastic. Are you saying that the, the software-based nature of SD-WAN allows me to treat my site like a cloud endpoint and allows it to pull new resources in, or is there something Not different there? It is something different there, I think, Tom. So you're right about the sites. The sites are still something that I think remains in the physical world. We're still going to have something to connect to the hard circuit that's at the customer location or site. Depending on that site, it may be bigger or smaller, right? What I'm talking about is where you go from there. Where do I aggregate? How do I go? How do I do core networking? In the past, customers built you know big networks to do this, bespoke networks. Now we see so many cloud providers, so many SaaS providers, so many um, SDCI providers out there that are basically putting in tons of fiber infrastructure, you know, uncommitted, programmable that we can host services on top of, and then basically from there you can consume the rest of the network in that kind of cloud-like model. That's what I meant. So, so, so Stephen, I agree with you to a point, and, and I think where the, where the point ends is we still have a limitation because what you're talking about is a, a you know, a, a truly all software style network. Um, hardware still matters when you talk about performance and, mm -hmm. and, when we, and we start talking about connecting to clouds. Uh, when you connect to the clouds, I mean, I, I work with some very large customers. I, I just got off a call this week with a customer that had multi hundred gig connections into their cloud provider. Software is not going to answer for that. So when we talk Agreed. about aggregation points, when we talk about cloud connectivity, yes, absolutely. If you fit within the model of what, you know, VNF and, and software uh, routing devices can do for you, that future is amazing. It's something that I think that is, is, is really transformational about the way we build connectivity uh, in enterprises, but there is a cap. And I think that, and then 100%. when that cap shows up, we're still talking about hardware devices for aggregation and cloud connectivity, um, depending on what capabilities are in that software. 100%. And, and the question, I think, I, I think the question for me is, and you're right, I mean, we're in this journey, we're starting, right? The cloud guys are, have addressed this problem like 10 years ago. How do they get scale in their data centers? How do I get ingress scale too, right? And they have a, a mix that's software and hardware. Where I think we're going to see the same thing evolve here in the network as well. So we will see hardware and we will see virtualized hardware so that I can multi-tenant that in a very efficient way rather than sort of the way we've done it in the past, which is like, hey, we got like, we can support, you know, 16,000 VLANs, customer A gets this many VLANs, customer B gets. So we're really virtualizing using network constructs. I think we'll see in the future hardware virtualized in a way that's, you know, more amenable to carving out a complete context for a customer. And then we'll rack a lot of hardware. All of these SDCI providers and other, other people, all their networks are still built on hardware. You're absolutely correct. We're putting this software layer on top. It's not 
we're, we're, it's not going to have the capacity we need it to have. So we're going to find that split. What do we do in software? What do we do in hardware? And we're going to have to scale it, no question. But I think this is inevitably where we're heading. That's why you want it, you want it to be soft, uh, sassy as a service, Jordan. You want it to be someone else's problem. Let them scale. I mean, this is the huge value, right? Is is when we talk about sassy and security stacks, the the thing I always point to is, um, is uh, SSL decryption. Like, if you're going to decrypt TLS, it's something that companies have either foregone, or skimped on, or not done incredibly well. Because when you think about that, when you think about the model, just speaking to the consumption model, if you're buying a security box today and you're going to do it on prem, and you're going to want to do SSL decryption. You don't plan for your capacity today. You have to plan for what your capacity is five to seven years from now because that's your refresh. And you have to buy a box that large today to make sure that you have the capacity to add as you go along. And that means you have to pull up the crystal ball and be 100% accurate about what your business is going to do in the next five to seven years. And if not, guess what? There's going to be somewhere that you're going to have uh, a, a need to replace that hardware prematurely if your business changes. All of a sudden, there's an acquisition. All of a sudden, there's something different that happens. Sassy is amazing for this because it, it, it speaks to this consumption model that you you pay for what you consume. You need to add more? Well, that's someone else's problem, right? I'm just going to check the box. Yeah. I'm going to do SSL decryption. It's someone else's problem to, to handle. And now you're not having to size for, for crazy right. amounts of time. So right. that, that actually lends itself to um, a comment I want to make. Now, I will preface this by saying that I have roughly a caveman's knowledge of how SD-WAN, I think, works in the real world because I don't, I would, we don't use it. But it seems to me that there's a couple of different points that Jordan you've made here is it all comes down to a piece of hardware somewhere. And it's always going to be the least common denominator piece of hardware in any given deployment. And that's almost always going to be at the CPE side. So where this, at least from my point of view, um, provides the value is Let's just say, for example, you know, the cloud utilization has skyrocketed because we've all seen that happen, right? You know, because people at home, things move in the cloud, whatever. Where, where, where I think the value could be, and please correct me if I'm mistaken, is that the, the CP allows you to be able to consume more of whatever the resources on the other side by allowing you to plug in the second thing that's the limiting factor, which is the tail circuit. Tail circuit might be some d random DIA plus some random DSL plus a cellular backup or whatever. Doesn't it allow you to sort of spread that load as necessary across uh, disparate circuits? And if you need more, you just get another whatever it is and you plug it in and then you can burst up to that too? Or am I completely missing the point here? No, that, that's part of it. I mean, like that's the SD-WAN from the branch approach is, you know, we can add circuits and load balance across them and 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 really see the value um, of, of having that diversity. Uh, SASE is a bit of a different story, and it's really about presence. It's, it's really about location. So in the traditional models, like we just assume that users would be at a branch and that the the data the, the the massive data lived in a data center an on-prem data center and so having a security stack a big security stack that handled all of the stuff for our users it wasn't unreasonable to send all that traffic to the data center and have it be filtered so then we had sd wan come in and sd wan all of a sudden now gave us the ability to to offload that traffic just like you're talking about but there was a lot of hesitancy to do that because all of a sudden 
now our traffic isn't going back to the data center, which is where our security appliances are. And so a lot of a lot of companies were taking this very iterative approach. I'm going to deploy SD-WAN, but not get the full value because I'm not going to do DIA because I don't have a way to really secure it. Or I'm going to do DIA for a very, very small amount of traffic. And that's that distribution down to the branch to be able to use all of these circuits locally. Um, what what COVID and and the mass acceleration of remote workforce did is it forced companies to put solutions in that would allow them to utilize DIA to begin with, which is sassy, right? It's this cloud model of security. So so rather than bringing our our users back with a VPN back to our data center and introducing a bunch of latency that's not required. Because the transaction, when you think about it, there if you have a cloud application, a SaaS application, and a user at home, that traffic never actually needs to hit your corporate network. So if I want to introduce my security stack, all of a sudden I have to introduce artificial latency to bring them back to that data center to run them through my security stack just so I can go out and have security. So SASE really meets that need. What's going to happen as we see the move back to offices, however much that is, with that in place, now organizations are going to be able to take advantage of that DIA a lot more. We're going to see a lot more of a distributed um, architecture when it comes to connectivity to cloud applications. So SASE solves the problem of security hairpinning. That's correct. Right. And I would also say that you know the world that's coming is 5G and 5G slicing. And so now you don't have that CPE lease line one choke point anymore. Like every device can be 5G direct connected. Every user can be 5G direct connected and now you better hope your security stacks in the cloud because you're not going to have one on-prem anymore like you're outsourcing that as well and that's something we spend quite a bit of time thinking about and those same you know telco providers are looking for value-added services for the enterprise so they'll be taking that 5g slice off of the you know the application profile on the handset or on the device taking that through a you know sd-wan backhaul to the sasi function and you know, you now have a virtualized overlay on sort of any sort of environment that you want. Well, that was actually something I was kind of wondering, and, you know, hopefully this isn't too far off the premise, Tom, but, uh, you know, the last mile providers seem to be, you know, still able to do what they're doing until at least 5G, right? Um, but point-to-point -point circuits, right? How much is, you know, cloud backbone transport and whatever hurting the providers to the point where you know now their only customers are eventually going to be service providers or cloud providers right and they're not going to have end businesses as, as direct clients anymore there's a huge uptick in the the global traffic towards pretty much all of the cloud providers you know the big ones that everybody knows about but you know in europe there's a million different cloud providers and the traffic is up to all of them so there's that there's definitely value um, to be had and, and being able to engineer that in a right way for the, for the backbone providers as well. Um, but you're, you're right. You know, there's a lot of big interconnect P and I's between, you know, carrier a and cloud provider B. Well, if you go back to a point Jordan made, the other thing I was going to say about multi-cloud is, and I think it was Steven that said it, which was perfectly described because if you deal with networks, especially enterprises that, deal with compliance and you know years ago we built them as bespoke networks and they were perfectly tuned and maybe not so perfectly and as you start to as those companies started to put their assets into the cloud i mean networking in a in one cloud's you know tough on a good day networking across you know more than one cloud could be a real challenge so you know, at least from some of the things that I've seen is, you know, getting SD-WAN and then a security architecture that can wrap around all of it, whether it's, 
AWS Azure or you know a physical DC, whatever it is, you know it it takes a, a really a massive amount of complexity even for a skilled team and distills it down into something that you know allows you to be more agile. Which you know as we've all talked about the pandemic, I mean you were closing offices, you're opening data centers, maybe merging data centers. You know everything is very fluid and it's very in motion. And so if you don't have a way to abstract that and make every site, especially your sites that are going to you know have content you're driving content towards for private applications, if you can't quickly you know spin those up and drive traffic towards those and move those as you need to, you know, it's it's going to be a real challenge. And in the old days of building that and routing and switching, that was a, a horrible challenge. So that's where I see moving it into moving it into and out of the cloud because we have this love-hate affair with the cloud. We love the cloud. We hate the cloud. And things are always coming in and out. So I, that's where I see is that if you can put that appliance out there and abstract that complexity and wrap security around it and and somebody can own that that doesn't need to be you know the world's you know uh you know best routing and switching architect that's where i see the value because it, it, it gives the company the ability to not be in the game of of always needing to be on their a game and high-end networking they can just operate their business and they can solve business problems and leave that complexity to something that that can abstract it away it also it also opens up um one of the conversations that's popped reared its head a few times um, today has been dis disaggregation, um, but, but it also rears up that that option of disaggregation in in your edge CPE devices, certainly on the office side, which is the kind of device that'll do SD WAN for you is a kind of device that can tunnel traffic off to a SASE provider um, without having to have that functionality built into it. And so you can have it without having to go to your to your office and actually deploy separate devices to do your next gen security device and your your next gen IDS IPS device. Let alone having to actually deal with managing all the the um, fingerprints and signatures and everything that you have to do for those. You can go deploy an edge device that'll do your SD WAN and then say, okay, now pick your security provider, um, and go off and and tunnel your traffic off to your SASE provider for that DIA traffic and get all the logging and DDoS protection, whatever it is you want for that, and all the scrubbing you like and put your policies in one place. Um, and that kind of thing is great. It's something, it's something that really takes away from having to put that, that intelligent and very expensive hardware and difficult to manage hardware on every site you have in your, in your enterprise environment. Um, it's, so that significantly reduces operational overhead as, as far as I can see. All right, so I think we have just about debated this topic to death, um, but it's a good thing because there's more to it than just, oh, multi-cloud is making this work. There's a lot of other things. There's the, the impact of a remote workforce. There's the elasticity of networking resources. There is so much more that you need to investigate. So I think ultimately, while the premise is flawed, it's flawed in the direction that you can't overly simplify something like the cloud. You need some, you need tools, you need technology like SASE and SD-WAN to help you truly utilize what the cloud is capable of delivering. And maybe that's part of the problem as we rushed to cloud all those years ago, there were still these things that we needed to figure out. And as the technology caught up, as we stopped focusing specifically on just the hardware, and now we are bringing more and more software online to help us leverage the capabilities that we have, we can truly embrace cloud no matter where we are and no matter where our data lives to create something new and unique that we couldn't conceive of maybe even just five years ago. 
That will just about do it for this episode of the On-Premise IT Roundtable. I want to thank each of our guests for joining us today, including our special guests from Cisco. If you would like to see more episodes of this podcast, please make sure you head over to gestaltit.com slash podcast. You'll always find the latest episode there. You can also subscribe to our podcast feed in your favorite podcast application of choice. You can also find us in iTunes. No matter where you find us, though, please leave us a rating and uh, maybe a possible review so that people know what they're getting themselves into when they jump into the episodes here. Uh, that really helps them understand what they're uh, going to be listening to and hopefully will help us find some new listeners. We will be back with another episode very soon, so make sure you stay tuned. But thank you very much for tuning in today. <laughs>